1: You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action.
2: Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber, along with Jim Cramer, who is back at our headquarters, as he has been every day throughout this economic crisis. We start this morning, uh, well, with the markets, as you might expect. You just heard Joe Kernan discuss the Dow futures, which are up, given the performance of Boeing, which has had quite a rebound of late. But overall, The markets do seem to be retreating ever so slightly from that historic move yesterday. Jim, let me bring you in and let's just start there. Uh, A move like we saw yesterday doesn't typically uh, begin the recovery uh, from a downturn the likes of which we
1: had, does it? No. I mean, this was one of the greatest one day bull markets I've ever seen. You had to come in when it was the darkest hour. Uh, And if you didn't, then I think you're coming in on total quicksand. We had a move uh, that was so accentuated by the machines, David, algorithmic. Remember, they exacerbate whichever direction it is. I want to go on records to say that I hate it just as much when it goes up as when it goes down, because it brings in a lot of people who think, you know what, maybe it's all clear. It's so not all clear that it's almost like uh, you're lucky if you bought yesterday and you should bring the register today. I do think, look, we've seen some prices that are definitely going to hold up. But, David, everything I've heard this morning is about how we're ready and open for business, but no one talking about going to where they're ready. And you're Boeing. Yeah, that's great. You want to fly? I mean, maybe we fly six months from now. When do you want to fly again?
2: That's a great question, Jim. You know, when you talk about what life is going to be like once the crisis passes right. or when, in fact, people go back to, so-called normal life which the president indicates he would like to see as soon as what two and a half weeks from now or so you still wonder what behaviors are going to be like will people be flying when will people ever stay in a hotel uh in a significant way again when will tourists return to any part of the country uh either within or from uh from abroad and so many other constant things we could go through i don't know the answers
1: i mean do you no, but this is really the focus. We've now seen the package go through. It's a great stimulus. We know that there are people uh, and we've got all the figures who we're going to get some money. That money may actually help them pay. It's almost like lunch money for some people. But David, let's take the industry that was at the epicenter where you actually see princess numbers alongside of South Korea and alongside of uh, of Taiwan. You've got an industry which we keep hearing from the president needs to be saved. But Secretary Mnuchin is a good business person. Dave, why do you save an industry that may be uh, maybe years from now will come back? Maybe it never comes back. The world has changed. It's changed for office buildings. You and I heard Tom Barrack talk about, well, maybe the mortgage industry, they need help. But, David, will we still have huge offices when we know it turns out that Zoom and WebEx from Cisco work really well. I think it's time to start thinking about the future and what, the, what our country looks like after we beat this. It's different. It's never going to you be really, the same. You really
2: believe, you don't believe that? I mean, there is, a, we are social beings and uh, there is a need to want to congregate and be with each other, even in the workplace. Granted, I think many people are understanding they have an ability to work from home that perhaps they didn't necessarily fully realize previously. But that doesn't make it any less likely, does it, Jim, that they're not going to want to congregate with their co-workers and well, that work is still easier done in some fashion. The way I mean, you and I are going to be back together one day. Right. And I'm looking forward to that. We're better when we do that. This I, works, I agree. We do ideal. like
1: companionship. Absolutely. We like to work together. We think the program is definitely better. But, David, if I'm running a, a company and I'm trying to figure out how to meet the uh, ESG trying to meet the new world. What a great way to be able to say, I just cut my carbon footprint. Everyone's staying at home. I mean, that may be an imperative. The rents have to come down. No one wants. I don't think many companies want to pay the same old rent when they have congregation rooms, but they don't necessarily have people being at the office. I don't know. I mean, I look at behavior and you you could argue, Jim, it's too early to think about behavior, but do we need all the airlines? Do we need all the oil companies? Do we need cruise lines? I want all those people from cruise lines to get jobs. I'm not trying to be anti-job. And I think that the cruise lines obviously are very inexpensive, great way to take a vacation. But, David, there is without a doubt a a pandemic that has been centered in some places and on some things. And I just do not think even if you cut the price to nothing, you know, a round trip I checked the other day to L.A., David, $59 round trip to L.A. You want to take that? I mean, it sounds like a bargain. But does it sound like a ticket to a hospital if there is a hospital ticket to a ventilator if we have ventilators i want i don't that is a ticket i don't want to ride
2: yeah i understand that uh and i want to talk more with you about you know uh, what i would assume we agree on will be the continued conversion to the cloud by so many businesses because yes. of the trends you're talking about but jim the, the overriding story yesterday in part because uh, as it sent the market higher and this morning is, of course, the legislation we've gotten out of Congress. And I do want to get to Eamon Javers, who's got not just the details we're aware of, Eamon, I understand, but some details perhaps that nobody is aware of yet. So please uh, fill us in.
3: Yeah, that's right, David. So this is a handshake deal last night. The bill text has not been released yet, so we're all trying to scramble to figure out what's actually in this massive $2 trillion bill. I've been on the phone this morning and texting with senior administration officials, and I can tell you some of the details of what's in there we're starting to get from our sources. One is that the payroll tax cut that the president was pushing for is in this deal but it's only on the employer side remember the payroll taxes paid by employers and employees Originally, it had been proposed that the tax cut would be on both sides of that equation. Now I'm told by two senior administration officials that the payroll tax cut is in this deal, but only on the employer side, not on the employee side. Employees would benefit from the direct checks that they're getting, also from this enhanced unemployment insurance, uh, but not from a payroll tax cut. Now, employers, uh, this isn't free money for them. They would have to pay this back, the payroll tax holiday, on a staggered basis over the coming year. So think of it as you'd have to take the t- payroll tax holiday in 2020 and then pay that money back in 21, 22, etc. And there's a formula in there for how companies will have to do that. On the airline front, that was the major stumbling block that kept this thing delayed uh, late until last night. They signed the, uh, they agreed to the deal uh, just around 1 a.m. last night. I'm, I'm told that there are direct grants now to the airlines that do not have to be paid back inside this deal. But they must not make layoffs through a date certain later this year. I don't have that date yet. We'll see it in the text. But there's some period of time in here in which the airlines have to agree, we'll take the money, but we're not going to make any layoffs. And then also, there is a provision here for the government to take an equity stake uh, in some of these airlines, and therefore taxpayers could share in the upside if those companies bounce back in the years to come as we saw back in the 2008 bailout. Finally, uh, I'm told that the president is aware and did agree to the specific provision that's in there that was highlighted by Chuck Schumer last night, uh, which prevents the uh, entities controlled by the president, the vice president, and members of Congress and others uh, to take advantage of aid through Treasury. That would specifically seem to be uh, aimed at the president's own companies that he owns. Uh, I'm told the president is aware of that provision uh, and did agree to it. One. Uh, carve out that I think we're going to need more detail on and we don't have in terms of how this applies to the the companies that the president owns specifically is whether or not that provision would apply to any aid coming from the Fed or if it just applies to aid coming from the Treasury uh, as of right now, which would be perhaps more politically directly controlled by the president himself. So uh, a lot of new details there, guys. But that payroll tax cut, uh, it looks like now is going to be for employers only, not for the employees. Uh, Eamon, uh, I'll,
2: so many questions as well um, before Jim and I get back to, to, uh, to our conversation. The $500 billion that's being allocated for liquidity assistance, again, part of that is that 60 I think, that's going to the airlines. Um, but how is that right. going to be distributed? I mean, I, I, I feel like there are still a lot of questions in terms of the language. The $500 yeah. million that gets levered up by the Fed to $4 trillion, who gets it? 500 employees or more or 500
3: employees or less. Do you have any details? I don't have details on that yet. We're still working our sources on it. But uh, one of the concerns that Democrats had about this was that the 500 billion would be under too much direct control by the Treasury secretary. They wanted an inspector general and a committee of oversight on Capitol Hill to oversee that, to be able to look into that, see how it was being spent. Uh, They did get that. Treasury did agree to that in the end. Uh, And so there will be an inspector general watching over all of that to look for fraud and abuse in it. Uh, But my understanding is that there'll be a lot of discretion here for the Treasury Department in terms of doling out some of this money. We're going to just have to wait and see what the details are as they emerge through the morning, guys.
2: Yeah, so much to keep an eye on, Eamon, and we appreciate you're obviously doing it for us as we all try to uh, stay on top of this. Jim, uh, just give me your take here in terms of what you're hearing uh, specific to the legislation and how it's going to be implemented. Of course, so much of it yet to come.
1: Well, look, I think that there's some industries that are easier than others. You see Boeing up literally 50 percent from a very prescient Goldman upgrade. And a lot of that is because uh, it's so simple to give Boeing money and have not a trickle dome, but actual payments, because there are 1,700 companies that supply parts to Boeing, 2 million people getting a possibility of the restart of the 737. They're seeing an influx of orders of all places, China, not talked about enough by the president. And I come back and I say, OK, well, that industry's easier. Uh, everything else I just heard from Eamon, what happened to the small, mid sized business? I mean, the payroll tax cut for the for business, uh, for the managers, I mean, that's heinous. I mean, it's, it's completely heinous. We help the rich people. I mean, that wasn't the purpose of what I heard either Secretary Mnuchin or Speaker Pelosi talk about. The idea was to get money beyond just the money, the handouts, get money into companies to be able to make it so that the businesses stay open. I know that Starbucks yesterday, right. Kevin Johnson talked about a, a pledge, 30 day pledge, uh, pay whether they open or not. But I don't think we're talking about the idea that a payroll tax cut, holy cow, that's going to help a dry cleaner or a restaurant owner. Wow. What a, you know, hey man, those people have just been had.
2: Yeah, I mean that is the key question here how you get money in the hands of and obviously there are direct there are direct payments being made but you referenced it earlier some of it may just be lunch money at this point right. Jim but how you actually are going to be able to sustain so many of the workers out there that we've talked about. Hair
1: salons, nail salons, and gyms,
2: and you just go on
1: and on. But it was a great idea, and I hope it survives, and we should be talking far more about it. The loan to those companies that's forgiven if they keep their people on. Now, that is substantive. The idea of the payroll tax cut, well, you know what? Rich do like to get richer. It's an amazing thing. It worked in the beginning of time. I don't think that we're trying to get a new social order. Uh, you know, Speaker Pelosi is under heavy pressure to get a new social order, get stakes in uh, all these different companies. So when their stocks go up, cash them in, help the Treasury, because the Treasury is really paid by working people. That didn't happen in return. What I hope uh, did, did not occur as part of the package was uh, just a terrific benefit for those who are already wealthy. I think we have to focus on the fact that they did come up with that loan package and the loan package is going to make it so we can go get open for business if people are uh, willing to be with other people in a restaurant, or, uh, which I'm not sure about yet. I mean, I don't know, David. I love you. I love your family. But come Easter, I can't see breaking bread with you at Saint McGill.
2: No, I look forward to the day that we can do that. I don't know when that is, other than when when there are antivirals that are very effective and that therefore people are not as concerned if they contract the virus. Obviously, the day when that comes, that there's a vaccine, that will certainly erase our concerns, I guess, Jim. Right. Well, Uh, And or when the warmer weather comes and perhaps the transmission rate declines dramatically. Right now, certainly in the New York area, they're in the midst of a absolute crisis. There are other parts of the country as well that are dealing with potential overwhelming of their health care systems. Uh, and that's where things stand. But a lot of the country is not like
1: no, that. No, it's like a, 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 a the, the quarantine, if you uh, were in New York, I mean, that's very daunting. Obviously, there's some incubate, incubators in New York that people may not have in other areas. Uh, they're very similar to uh, what, we're, what we're seeing in Madrid, which is now trying to, I mean, unfortunately, may surpass Milan. Uh, 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 we, have to play fo- we have to stay focused on those because, remember, we do have the the uh, Beijing-Shanghai model, Hong Kong model. Though there's some reinfection there. Uh, and then we have the Milan-Madrid uh, model. I, I don't think anyone knows which we are yet. In New York, though, it sure does, unfortunately, if it's as much as, as Governor Cuomo is talking about, we're going to be on the Milan-Madrid uh, path. We're not going to be on the Singapore path or on the Beijing path. I think it's worth knowing which right. one we are before we decide to you play uh, uh, happy desert here again
2: yeah no and uh, obviously the shortage of ventilators is a key part of that and other equipment as well and still waiting on testing although it is finally really ramping up do you have Jim, testing we're going to take a break um not as quickly as we'd
1: like right no. i mean not as quickly as if we'd we like. tested like in south korea then I think I would be willing to give you a high five like we did every single morning for the last five years. But I'd like to see the test. You know, Right now, I'm contactless with everybody, uh, including my wife, which is not you know, contactless with your wife and kids. Suboptimal.
2: Yeah, that is suboptimal. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. At yeah. least, I, you know, I've still got the. I miss, we, we do, we're, do a, we're a lot a of FaceTime. Cool. Yeah.
1: It's amazing how you don't really look yeah. your same when you're like going to bed with the FaceTime.
2: I've Only been doing the uh, starting to do the FaceTime happy hour. Have you been doing that? You I know, did a FaceTime birthday we, the other day. We have day. a drink around 7 o'clock. We all yeah. did
1: Zoom. I mean, yeah. so I might as well invite Eric Yuan in. I mean, he's killing it, right? That's the CEO of Zoom.
2: I, I, Humble man. I recommend it. All right, Jim, when we come back from this break, uh, you and I are going to talk a bit more about stocks, the old-fashioned way that we used to, certainly, given the moves that we've seen. Let's in the streets right back. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street as we count you down to an opening bell about 12 minutes from now. Of course, the floor of the New York Stock Exchange remains closed. We remain in different locations as well, but that doesn't stop us from being able to do a mad dash this morning, uh, Jim. Uh, Nike, I know, is a feature, of course, having reported earnings as well.
1: Well, first, Ed, what day is it?
2: It's hump
1: day. Thank you. I need some normalcy. Without normalcy (laughs) and continuity, it is just too rough to be able to handle these times. David, Nike, rather extraordinary quarter last night. Kind of reminded me of the days before uh, COVID. And one of the things that was terrific in this clinic that John Dono put on, which is very similar to what Mark Parker did, I guess you get there, suddenly you learn how to do a conference call. Not that John wasn't bad, and he's a friend of ours, but he talked about this, David. China, people got back to work, and retail traffic began improving significantly. Uh, Today, nearly 80% of our stores in China have reopened. The numbers are very good in China, which is why you will see this stock up. Uh, one of the things that's amazing, David, is, is that they've very quickly shifted to an online strategy where necessary. But they've given you a template about what can happen when you have a worldwide company with a great balance sheet that has tremendous reach and a product people want and they want during this era. So uh, I recommend anyone reading this just to be able to sense, you know what, there is a path for a lot of international companies that make products that are in strong demand. And the path is the Nike path. This is going to be studied one day in business school as the, well, they still have business schools now that we have, I don't know, they probably proved to be too expensive. But it's absolutely uh, the clinic that we're looking for. And it made me feel like, you know what? Business will come through this. Not small business. I predict many bankruptcies. But big business with big balance sheets, Nike, Starbucks, they're going to win.
2: Oh, yeah. And you mentioned Starbucks as well, of course. Also yesterday, Kevin Johnson talking to us about how China is coming back online. We didn't get the traffic numbers from him yesterday, Jim, at least not during our conversation with him. But it is following a similar trajectory, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, in Wuhan, people are just, you know, starting to go up in Wuhan. Against that, we do hear and see pictures at night of China, and it does look like that it's almost as if people are being forced to do things, forced to shop there. I don't know. I'm waiting for Shanghai Disney to open because Disney's got enough clout that they can be able to say, you know what, it's not yet right. Uh, Disney is trying to put it, not that Nike's doing anything wrong. Remember, Nike's you can do online. Starbucks, obviously, welcome in that community. But Disney does not want to be in a situation where they start it and someone gets sick. And I I commend them because they certainly are under pressure from the government, I have to believe, to open. And they're forgoing revenue uh, in favor of customer safety and health.
2: Yeah. All right, we'll come back to names like Disney, of course, which, along with so many others, had a very big up day yesterday. Right, right now, the market not looking uh, nearly as strong, uh, although it is a mixed picture, given the performance of Boeing. Um, Nike also, as Jim mentioned, of course, going to be up sharply. We're right back after this. we got an opening bell about nine minutes from now. Stay with us on Squawk on the Street.
0: The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric.
2: Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Jim, you know, at the beginning of the show, you were talking about how this crisis is going to change behavior for the long term. And I briefly mentioned something that's come up in a number of conversations for those who are looking for opportunity. I'm curious to get your thoughts. The conversion to the cloud. We talk about it all the time, of course, in our normal days, and it's been a key theme of yours for years. But one would imagine that is only going to pick up the pace here given all the people who are working remotely and all the other things associated with that.
1: Oh, totally. I, I mean, I, I've been dealing with a bunch of companies that, you know, see scale are very oriented toward that crowd strike. Cisco, I mean, Cisco is a behemoth, and they're, they're talking about just huge numbers of uh, minutes being used on their uh, on their video. And by the way, let's not forget, it also makes it so that if you're in Singapore or you're in India, it doesn't matter. You're all in one chat. So I think yeah, things are going to change. That's cloud-based. And, if you're brick and mortar, it just gets worse and worse, David. I mean, these, the, the layoffs, the stores that are closing. And if you take a look at the stock prices, I'm a huge believer in David Simon. I wish he would come on. He's great. Don Wood, too. These are fantastic operators. Uh, Steve Tanger, Tanger, I mean, $6 stock, but I don't know. I mean, is that model where you want to go? I think Amazon could go to $3,000 in, in this market, David. Uh, Amazon Web Services must be just crushing it. So, yeah, I think the the world has changed. No, very few people I know, David, want to admit this. People want to go back to the way it was. It can't. It turned out to be too lucrative not to go back.
2: Uh, Yeah, when you mention Amazon, of course, given everything New York is going through, I can't help but think about the lost opportunity there. Um, uh, Jim, stand by because we want to get to Phil Lebeau who's got more news for us about a major uh, car manufacturing plant in this country that is going to be stopping production. Uh, Phil.
6: David, I believe this is the last final assembly plant that is still functioning in this country. It is the BMW plant down in Spartanburg, South Carolina. It will be shutting down starting this Friday. They're going to shut it down for two weeks. The significance here is that this is BMW's largest plant worldwide i think last year they built 420,000 vehicles a good chunk of those are exported many to asia Um, but obviously the world has changed when it comes to vehicle demand and in addition to the news about bmw let me give you some sense of how much demand has changed guys new estimate from ihs market in terms of auto sales in the u.s this year dropping down to a sales rate of 14.4 million vehicles just for comparison The U.S. last year's vehicle sales were 17 million, new vehicle sales. Now the expectation, 14.4 million for the year, maybe as low as 11 million for the month of March.
2: You know, Phil, yesterday we had Adam Jonas join us from Morgan Stanley. Uh, He had 13.5 million SAR, uh, in other words, uh, for the year. Phil, how much of this is about their workers in South Carolina and the concern about the virus versus that significant depletion in demand?
6: It's it's mainly about workers and mainly about the shelter-in-place orders especially for the supply chain. We're to the point now where You know, all the automakers, generally speaking, they're all using the same suppliers. They may be building different parts with different specifications, but generally speaking, they're using most of the same suppliers. Well, many of those suppliers, especially those in the upper Midwest, they're in states that have shelter-in-place orders. So not only do you have the big three shutting down their plants, but we've seen it from Honda and Toyota, now BMW. And so the supply chain is shut down. It's going to be hard to build vehicles. And while we haven't seen it yet in South Carolina, at least I don't think they have a shelter-in-place, I mean, we see what's happening around the country. It's, it's moving away from New York and Illinois and California and hitting other states. I wouldn't be surprised if ultimately that's part of the decision that
1: BMW made in terms of what happens in South Carolina. So, what did we get down to in uh, 2008, 2009? I remember we were so thrilled when we yeah. got to 12.5 in, uh, <laughs> in what, in uh, 2010. We were just like, wow, happy days are here again yeah. in that case. You're,
6: you were down to about 10.2, 10.3 million. Uh, and that was the low point before they started slowly moving higher. You know, and it was a gradual, it'd go up to 11, then up to 12.2 million as you got into 2010, 10, 11, 12. Um, and that's, Jim, what's interesting here is after that happened, and we had GM and Fiat Chrysler go through the government bankruptcies, and Ford, while it didn't go through a bankruptcy, did the same thing in terms of redoing its balance sheet. They all said the same thing if we ever have something like this again, We've got a fortress balance sheet. We've got a balance sheet so that we can afford, if the industry goes down to $10 million in volume, we'll be okay. We won't have to see things collapsing as we did back in 2008. Nobody ever thought that we'd be in that position, but it's getting maybe not as bad in terms of overall volume, but it's a big drop going <sighs> on right now.
2: Yeah, it sure is. Phil, uh, thank you. Phil you LeBeau. Jim, uh, in the name of normalcy, I'm going to come back to you with something that we would typically do when we are at the New York Stock Exchange when Carl was off, which is ask you what you think the key to this market is as we get ready for an opening bell. Well,
1: how about about a return to the old days, David? There's a Deutsche Bank piece uh, reducing our price target to 270, but tilting bulls from here. Yes, Apple. Uh, This is, again, uh, harking back to when we used to talk about a stock that, went over a trillion dollars, and it's back over a trillion. And you read this, you start talking about, well, maybe they're going to be starting opening stores or, uh, around the world, and the service revenue stream is good. And I don't know about you, but I paid my bill last night automatically. And, well, you know what, David? Let's watch Apple. If Apple can stay the course, we might have something.
2: Yeah, of course, Apple is only down about 16% for the year versus the decline in the S&P, Jim. That's roughly 24%. As we get an opening here uh, and uh, sort of a mixed picture, as you might expect, I'm looking at a decent amount of green as uh, a lot of stocks start to open. You were talking before uh, we went to Phil uh, about the shopping center, mall operators. Obviously, the REIT sector has been under enormous pressure, as you might expect, in any number of areas, commercial, retail and, and the like. The concern being that many of these landlords are not going to see their tenants pay their rent.
1: Right. I mean, we were talking about uh, earlier in the show that we're talking about the word forbearance, uh, uh, Colin Kaplan, Todd Barrett, the idea just forbearance, meaning let's just take a time out. I, I, you know, this time out. I, look, that's what you do with your kids when you weren't allowed to knock heads anymore. There is no such thing as a time out. There's such a thing as you owe me money or else. There was a deal that broke down just yesterday, S.L. Green, uh, Daily News. I mean, someone might owe money there. The the people who are going to do the best here, David, might be bankruptcy lawyers because there is no such thing as, you know what, guys, I'm not doing that well. Now, maybe at a rental level for individuals, we can have that. But uh, there are uh, laws, there are rules, there's real property considerations, and people owe money. And, and when you don't pay, it isn't like you say, you know what, guy, you know, just, hey, just, I'll come back to you. No, uh, you're sued, and you're sued, and you've got to pay. And I think that unless you come up with something, some momentary change in the bankruptcy code, which, w- which will not happen, it's fanciful, David, I think we're going to be faced with a right. lot of companies that, that weren't able to pay and, and didn't get the time out.
2: Yeah, no. Listen, you're 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 certainly uh, potentially correct in that. Now, that chorus of people, by the way, who were asking for that timeout—I mean, that continues. It's not going to happen. Right. And you remember, it's almost two weeks ago when I asked Secretary Mnuchin, when we the last time you and I, I think, were together when we had him on that morning uh, about that possibility. We're not going to have that national holiday, that stay in place, sort of forbearance up and down. We do have uh, the stimulus package emerging from the Congress. Importantly, Jim. But to your point about bankruptcies, I mean, you know, I'm talking to people in the hotel industry. Now, this is not those who manage the hotels. It's not the Marriott's or the Hilton's, the actual owners of the hotels. You could see a wave of bankruptcies there. I mean, these things can't operate at 50 percent occupancy in a profitable way, let alone 10 percent. So even if they were to be closed and come back and only open at 50 percent, that's not going to cut it either. And there is certainly a lot of questions in terms of the ability of that industry to withstand what's coming at
1: it. Well, it's a double barrel there. I mean, you've got uh, you've got Zoom and WebEx, which says, you know what, you don't have to travel right now. We know you don't want to get it on a plane because you think a plane's an incubator anyway. And then you have the travel and leisure budget of the regular person in this country. They're going to get a check. That check is not going to be able to go. That's not going for a trip to uh, win. It's not going for a trip to Las Vegas. Uh, it, which, by the way, it would be great if it did. But that's crowd gathering. And, and I don't think we want a crowd gather. I think that the it's terrific what they're trying to do with, with with trying to help small business in Washington. But again, I keep coming back to we do not want to see crowd gathering. If you're Dr. Fauci, uh, if you're the president, I don't mean to pit these two because they are obviously still working together. But if you have an Easter deadline, which says you can crowd, uh, have a gathering and yet we keep thinking maybe it's a cold or a flu. David, I keep asking, name me a person who had a cold who had to go on a ventilator. I have never seen that, yeah. and you've never, and that's that's what I we fear. We, it, you know, look if it's a great it, it, if if it's a great tacos al carbón at Bar San Miguel with a corona, of course, I don't mind saying that. You know, versus a ventilator. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we have to start thinking like that. Now, in New York, maybe it's too close to home. Maybe there are other places where it seems like you know what. We can go out as long as we practice some safe things. we got maybe goggles. Maybe we've got an N95. If the n 95s probably come back from China, we'll have some nice gloves that we used to clean dishes with. Sorry to my wife. I haven't done that in ages. But what it comes back to is, uh, you know, this is not it, it, it's safe getting together. And I don't feel that safety yet. And I don't think you do either.
2: Now, listen, I, I, I want to make it clear, the public health crisis, certainly for uh, the New York area uh, and other regions in the country is uh, very significant. You heard Governor Cuomo yesterday of New York talking about the need for 30,000 ventilators. And Jim, best that I've seen, they're just not there. There is no. not that supply. We can keep hearing the administration saying certain things about ramping up. We're going to talk to actually the CEO of Medtronic in the next hour oh, about their that. efforts. But that's that's still months away, no. months before you actually are able to produce what is going to be needed
1: very true but i do want to just be sure that uh Uh, how I I, I phrase what what we're doing about with the the, uh, payroll tax. That's an income, that's a tax deferral. I don't want to make it sound like the the rich, I I, I don't want to say I misspoke that the rich get richer. I think rich come out better than that, but it's not going to be the income tax. Uh, It's not a cut, as as Secretary Mnuchin has informed me, just a way to get more cash flow to big and small businesses. So I don't want to leave the impression that what this is is just a break for the rich. And if I did that, I apologize, because the, the employer payroll tax is deferred, not a cut. I want to be sure that people think right. I misspoke. I am so right. concerned, David, about the worker because I don't want the worker to file bankruptcy. I don't want the, the, per, the company that, uh, that, has, that employs 10 people. That to me is the sweet spot of America. That's who we need to protect. If we protect them then I think this thing comes out whole. If we protect the top dogs I think they figure out a way to not have to hire more people.
2: Yeah. No, your point's a good one. And we're going to be very focused on the way that that money is distributed and whether or not it successfully does get to those very workers you're discussing. You know, on Squawk Boxes, you well know, Jim, they did have a conversation with former Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke, one of the men, of course, who uh, led the nation through uh, the financial crisis uh, and the Great Recession of 2008. Uh, he seemed more sanguine, uh, perhaps, than, than you or at least are sounding to me in terms of what is coming our way. Take a listen.
0: There's going
6: to be a very uh, sharp, uh, short, I hope short, uh, uh, recession uh, in the next quarter or two because everything is shutting down, of course. And, and you know, uh, the GDP figures are calculated on an annual basis. So if if activity is 10 percent lower this quarter than last quarter, you multiply that by four, and you say, well, there's a 40% rate of decline. So you to see some really scary numbers.
1: Yeah.
2: All right. He did say scary numbers, but he also just used the, the words recession, of course, Jim. Plenty of people that you and I speak to actually use the word depression.
1: Yeah, I know. And I, I, I always hesitate to use that word because what comes with depression is we don't talk about it as the societal. I mean, you know, we had leaders during the Depression that made it seem like that perhaps— Uh, the republic was at stake, uh, that there were uh, moments when if we didn't get to the bread lines and didn't help people and didn't try to break up the Hoovervilles, that we thought that maybe uh, democracy was in peril. So I certainly don't want to. I'm trying to come up with another term between depression and recession that indicates it's a public health issue. Uh, and it, this is a medical crisis that we don't want to turn into a financial crisis. I actually found uh, Ben Bernanke to be uh, chairman Bernanke to, to be reassuring, but not in a false way, just in a like, you know what? We've no. been there. We, we kind of have a game plan. It's not necessarily this game plan. But I found him uh, if, th- if there's anyone who can be uh, that has a right to be sanguine, it's that man. And perhaps that there is a way that we will be able to enjoy the fruits of our labor again, uh, uh, other than being in our home. The American way. I mean, I, I found myself, you know, I talked to Dave Tepper uh, and not just because Cam Newton was cut. I don't know. He's you he always played well when I saw him, but probably hurt. But you know, will football start? Yeah. I keep hearing that, by the way. People aren't even talking about baseball. Will we'll well, we have a season. And there are American ways of doing things, and one of them is we go out, we shop, we go to games. I keep thinking about that moment when Adam Silver canceled the NBA, and I want normalcy like you do, and normalcy means we go to a game and we're happy to see each other. And, David, I just don't... I don't know if it's going to go back to that anytime soon, and that's something that Ben Bernanke did not address.
2: No. um, He did uh, discuss what is a much stronger financial system of course not saying that it isn't going to be leaned on heavily but again to your point I think was fairly positive at least in terms of all the things that have occurred over the last 11 years particularly in those years that followed the financial crisis uh, to, uh, to bolster uh, many of the big banks right. and their balance sheets, uh, their David, fortress balance Zoom. sheets, as you and I like to say. David, watch Zoom. Watch Zoom. Yeah. yeah what about Zoom, what, what about the airlines? So, Jim, shouldn't well, I watch those, too? I mean, you got United up, you got Delta, you've got every all the airlines. Well, we did up get an morning. upgrade
1: of Southwest, which, of course, is incredibly well run. Yep. Uh, and, and I was debating uh, the other day with my daughter to come home from Spain, try to make a run for it somehow. Uh, escape from uh, New York, escape from Spain to escape from New York. Escape from New York. Snake Bliskin, But uh, I'm not sure. Southwest Air down 22 percent to 41. But it used to be at 29. I think you had to be the brave soul that bought it at 29, not the person who takes you out at 41. I'm I'm not a buyer of the airlines, if only just because uh, you always need demand. You need customers. And I don't see the customers coming back yet.
2: Um, Boeing shares. I, I mean, again, we've never seen anything like the moves right. that we have seen over the last week. Uh, and Boeing is no exception. In fact, it proves it. It's up. It's up 19 percent this morning, Jim.
1: Wait, can we please salute the Goldman guy who upgraded it at a moment when it looked like that that was just fool's gold? I, it, I, I, Iron Pirate, when he did it, I said, well, there's a guy who's willing to stick his neck right in the guillotine in the French Revolution. And yet it worked, and I think one of the reasons it worked is is that there was a moment that's far more... Uh critical to the Republican, this one right now. Now, I think we're back in the, the Easter versus not Easter situation, and we're back talking about what drug what antivirals versus uh, longer-term at home. But when that call was made, I think that people were thinking Boeing files for bankruptcy. That's, to be able, that's the way that they can get out of the jam they're in. And then the money comes. I, I, secretary Mnuchin, I think, and I'm glad to always have an open line with the secretary, but I, I think that there are industries— there are industries that I absolutely realize are the gem of America. And, David, if we can export yep. airlines again, the 737 is probably, if you ask me what the next act is in this crisis of capitalism, it is getting companies to buy our products. And the 737, not, notice I'm not using the term max anymore. I think that that may not be the great nameplate. The 737 would be a sign right. that things are back.
2: Yeah, uh, well, Boeing certainly off of its I mean, to say it's off its lows is an understatement. I think that thing had a 50 something billion dollar market value only a couple of days uh, ago. Uh, Boeing shares now it's David, worth 85
1: billion. Again. David, Boeing is. did you think David Calhoun uh, in that excellent interview with with Phil, who's doing the Lord's work here, uh, acquitted himself well enough that maybe some things happened to make you feel that maybe Boeing is an actor worth worth throwing a lifeline to?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it clearly it seemed to it seemed to benefit. Now, some people saying when he said, well, we don't necessarily need it. All right, fine. Don't take it. Right. Um, you know, it's still not clear to me exactly how or what they're going to need and how it would be apportioned. By the way, same with the airlines. You heard Eamon talking about grants and taking equity stakes. I mean, so much of this is still Still very much unclear in terms of the actual mechanism for distributing the money.
1: Right. I always come back to the cruise lines because the, they're non-U.S. paying. I mean, they pay tax Caymans, Bahamas, right. uh, Panama, Philippine, Korean. And I don't mean, look, these, these companies employ uh, thousands of people. And I've, I've uh, interviewed all the CEOs, and they're terrific. But you keep coming back to what is a cruise ship worth? And will we ever have 4,000 people once again Hanging out with each other, knowing yeah. that perhaps the filtration of the air is not something you want to breathe.
2: Uh, well, it's go- we are one day we're going to be hanging out together again. I think maybe sooner than but we you can. and me I or, so.
1: or you I, we're going to be on a princess well, cruise. Yeah.
2: No, not on a princess cruise. No? no, that's true. We're not going to be doing that. OK, no, just, just you checking. And me general. I don't but
1: remember. You don't go um, anywhere. You didn't go anywhere before the crisis. So nothing. You know, some people. I mean, exactly. Right. I, I mean, this is an introvert for paradise, me. Very little changed. Right.
2: Yeah. Right. Very little has changed. I, I well, didn't Remember really prefer, what you said at the beginning of this, David?
1: You said... It, what did I say? I think say? you said, I, I don't really care for people. Oh, yes, yeah. I did.
2: I did mention that. So I think that I may is, revise that. You give me long enough, and I might no, actually but, start know, to say, you hey, know, a little
1: company's the not so bad. You have taken advantage of the situation here. You have. Uh, it, 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 it verifies your behavior, my behavior. TJ Maxx <laughs> isn't even open, for heaven's sake. <laughs>
2: Um, Jim, we want to get to Bob, but before we do, I did want to mention Occidental Petroleum. It's a story, of course, that you and I would be discussing <laughs> oh, uh, again in a normal time because Carl Icahn just got three board seats. Steve Chase so came cute. in, they're back in there. He's now the chairman. I know Vicky Holub staying on as CEO, but they sort of caved. Um, Eleven board members now, a bunch leave, but they'll have 11 board members. Ten of them will be independent. And Icahn's got three guys on the board. The question is. Who's going to buy this thing? Because that seems to still be the idea. And from what I hear from bankers in the energy industry, uh, no buyers right now. No way. No chance.
1: The, 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 their company and they won't. Ref- uh, they, rusty Brazil has done the best work on this RBN and they're in that thirty three dollar, thirty four dollar uh, quadrant, which is what they need in order to be able to do well. I mean, they can cut their salaries to wherever they want to negative five. Uh, This is not one that does well in this environment, uh, particularly because, David, they got a loan. It was a what was that an 8 percent loan from Warren Buffett?
2: It was it was 8 percent money, 10 billion dollars, as you well know. There you go. They cut their dividend dramatically to save money, but they still got to pay Mr. Buffett, who we still haven't heard from, by the way. No, no.
1: Silence is deafening. uh, Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen. But I would say that, remember, Mike Worth was on yesterday from uh, Chevron. Talk about a guy who uh, laughed all the way to the oil well. I mean, he passed on that Anadarko purchase. That's probably the greatest thing he's ever done.
2: You're right. You're right. That was smart. I mean, remember, they had it. They had the deal. And he just would not go there in terms of the price that Vicky Hollib and Occidental were willing to pay. By the way, the biggest mistake they may have made was was not allowing their own shareholders to vote. Remember, the Buffett money was specific to allowing it to be large enough cash deal right. to mitigate the possibility of having a shareholder vote. If their shareholders had been able to speak, they wouldn't have done the deal. It,
1: it, was there anything done right there? I mean, I think that may be I mean, this isn't the Snapple buy. It, it, can you come up with a worse one? Oh, you have one with ATT, didn't you? Dish?
2: No, there's a bunch. There's a bunch. Listen, Monsanto, that didn't look oh, that Monsanto. didn't look too good for Okay, oh, this, ke- this is a cake. Yeah. Taker.
1: This is a cake-taker Next David. sprint and, wasn't you know, very my, good. This and, is up there. My course in the course was so great this one, but yeah. I did think he left out yeah. one line. It is better to be lucky than good.
2: Amen. Uh, and with that, let's get to Bob Pisani, so we can check in on the broader market as well. Good morning, Bob.
7: Good morning, guys. Uh, So we'll see if we can put uh, together two back-to-back days. Haven't done that since early February. Uh, Boeing is the real driver here. Uh, We're talking about 150, 160 points in the Dow. Uh, Boeing, huge move up. All the airlines, we're seeing double-digit gains here in some of these airlines uh, today. So the, the, the bill is real, uh, and the markets are responding to that. In terms of sectors, 2 to 4% gains in the most beaten-up ones. These are the energy sectors, uh, industrials, banks. Uh, retail. These are the all the sectors that got the most beaten up uh, in the last month here. A number of companies are continuing to withdraw guidance, not as many as you would think, but we've seen overnight we saw Whirlpool, uh, we saw Target, uh, Withdraw guidance. Twitter did that yesterday. Joining, Oh, we've keeping the list of the 16, 17, 18 companies. Mastercard did it a little while ago. Deer, Tripadvisor, FedEx, Best Buy, Carnival, Darden, Marriott. It seems like a long list, but when you consider the S&P 500, actually, fairly small number have withdrawn their guidance or refused to give in guidance. This is going to change, folks. In the next couple of weeks, you're going to see a raft of companies come out and either give very conservative down guidance for the second quarter or they're going to withdraw guidance for the full year altogether. I think that's going to be a big issue, Uh, and that's one of the reasons, of course, the market keeps gyrating. Even overnight, the S&P gyrated in a 100-point range, 1,000 points in the Dow, indicating that still everybody's fairly clueless, clueless about how to price the earnings. Uh, overseas here, modest gains in the stock 600, at least there was a few minutes ago here. Hang Seng over in uh, uh, over in China, a two-day rally uh, that they've had here. That's kind of significant. The biggest one, though, the Nikkei. Look at this here. That's 8%. Nikkei's up 20% in the last three days. That's a huge, huge rally there. That's the big global market that's had the biggest move. I still just want to point out, uh, about three weeks ago, I point out that this is a global takedown, that the markets were down right across the board. It's really rather remarkable. This is still the case. The S&P 500, 28%. This was before the open, but 28% from the 52-week highs. Europe, 29%. That's the stock 600. Emerging markets, 29%. Japan's only 20%, but a day ago, it was also 29%. It's had a huge rally in the last... 48 hours, as I mentioned. So you see that remarkable, the entire global market is still pretty much down the same. Even here in the United States, if you look at uh, various ways you slice and dice sectors uh, from uh, various ways, like growth is down 25 percent, values down 30 percent. Okay, that's a, a difference. But when you talk about numbers this high, it's still pretty darn close. Momentum strategies, to buy stuff that's been working in the last six months, that's down 27%. How about low volatility stuff that's not supposed to move that much compared to the overall markets when it moves? Well, that, that's down 30%. So you get, get the point here. Even with all these gyrations in the last few weeks, even with the bill, even with uh, the Federal Reserve acting, the overall market is still moving remarkably in tandem. The one exception I would make here is uh, the Russell 2000, which is definitely acting a lot worse than the overall market, indicating it's the small cap stocks that are still very much under pressure. Guys, back to you.
2: Yeah, and that has been an underperformer throughout, even when things were a lot better. Bob, thank you. Bob Pasani. Let's get to Rick okay. Santelli now. Check in with him on uh, the overall uh, tone in the bond market. Rick.
5: Good morning, David. You know, it, it's hard to have normalcy, but I'm the market guy. I'm going to try to give you as much on the markets as I can. Look at a chart starting Friday of 10-year note yields. What's interesting is is that we've really flattened out. Think about it. So Friday's close was around 85. Monday was 79. Yesterday was 85. Today we're hovering in the low 80s. It really has started to consolidate, and that is a good thing. Now look at a year-to-date chart of 10s. And this is important because we've only covered a fraction from the low at 54 to the right of what we've covered so far year-to-date. So 120 is the extreme on top recently, and of course 54 on the bottom i would suspect that in either direction if you go through you're going to have some follow through i personally think higher would be better than lower if you do a year to date to boons look at the difference it's covered pretty much on the right side of that v everything we had year to date so minus 15 on top minus 86 on the bottom that could confine the rest of the trading for quite some time and you know we had ben bernanke on today and he said something i just love very quickly Go to the board 1960 to present 16 percent just shy of 1981 this is the anomaly interest rates were trending down this was probably distorted and i guess the reason i even bring it up at all is because ben is right though let's recalibrate all our policies everything's about inflation and we're wrong the 80s have come and gone david back to you
2: yeah they certainly have uh rick barely remember them at this point. All right, let's get to Meg Terrell now and get an update on all things coronavirus related. Meg.
8: Hi, David. Well, we're specifically looking at Italy today because we had seen a couple days of new case numbers there and new daily death numbers in Italy declining. And that spurred a lot of hope uh, that this might be turning a corner in that country. Here we have, uh, looking back to the end of February, Italy's new case counts and new deaths. And you saw on Saturday what looked like could be a peak um, at about 6,500 new cases that day and 795 deaths. However, we did see that start to tick back up again yesterday. So I've been talking with epidemiologists to say, can we read anything from these numbers? Um, Do they actually tell us anything about the effect of the lockdowns in Italy? And can we extrapolate that to what we're seeing in New York and in the United States? Now, the message from epidemiologists is it's probably too soon to tell. University of Minnesota's Dr. Mike Osterholm telling me he's looking for at least two weeks of these data uh, to kind of even out any changes that we could see in testing and the workload coming from Italy. They put their lockdowns into effect uh, basically at the beginning of March. March 8th is when they started locking down the northern provinces. March 9th, the entire country. Um, Harvard's Bill Hanage telling me he's looking for four weeks from those lockdowns to start seeing the flattening of the curve. Now, if you look around the world, uh, what we're hoping that we can start to try to look like is these Asian countries, South Korea, Um, China has managed to flatten its curve. Japan has a more flat curve. And we've got a great graphic here to show you what those look like. Our Nick Wells and data made this. Those horizontal lines is where we want to go. But unfortunately, the orange is the U.S., the red is Italy. um, Hoping to move toward a flatter curve, but we are not there yet, guys. Uh, In terms of New York, I'm still looking for a few more weeks to see if things start paying off. And, of course, the pace of new cases here just rising rapidly. Jim and David.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Meg. Of course, uh, New York is the epicenter right now. We certainly are hoping that things will flatten as soon uh, as possible. Thank you, Meg Terrell. Jim, I want to turn to you now for uh, a stop trading. Uh, One of the names in, uh, in the focus I know is one that relies on ad sales, even though it's viewership slash usage may be up, ad sales trending the other way.
1: I think that when you look at the trading in Facebook, you'll see exactly what I'm most worried about in this market. So people felt so uh, positive last night when we went home that after Facebook reported what is definitely a, something that requires a number cut, and that has to do with the fact that the decline in advertising, the stock immediately went up anyway, as if, you know what, of course that's in the stock. What do we have to worry about? Well, David, that turned out to be a false step. The real step is when you don't make your numbers, your stock goes down. And I think this is what you have to worry about, because Uh, Facebook's one of the early companies to talk about how their quarter's doing. uh, And nobody's giving them forbearance. No one's saying, hey, you know what? No one's shrugging their shoulders at that, David. What they're saying is numbers down, sell. And that's, I think, is a precursor for what we're going to better get used to see.
2: Well, listen, we know when it comes to corporate America right now, or corporations around the world, for that matter, any opportunity to save money, to get your hands on cash they are taking, and appropriately so. And one of those is cutting back on your ad budget. It's not necessarily something you need, particularly when you know consumer demand is really not going to be there, Jim. So while we're seeing huge increases in usage numbers, I mean, think about Twitter, for example, which so many of us are relying on in a way that we might not have in the past, and yet Twitter's not going to have good numbers, is it? I mean, nobody on the ad sales front is doing anything.
1: No, I mean, look, you do hear is the huge traffic in uh, non-monetizable parts of Facebook that it's going to become even more ingrained in people's lives. Well, Zscaler, thank you, Aline Meisler, that stock is up seven straight days. Why? Because it's ingrained because it does cybersecurity for at-home cloud. Okay, well, that's a secular change. One of the things that you do see at this point is a cyclical downturn. David, that? you always hear these companies say, well, you what know what, crisis Matt? is a terrible thing to waste. Oh, geez, nobody, they, they just waste it.
2: Jim, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it bears watching, of course, you know, good old media in terms of uh, always on my radar. But uh, we think, know a lot of people are streaming. We know a lot of people are watching. Would you let me stay?
1: stay the next half hour? I'll give yes, you my tie. Yes, always. You stay.
2: <laughs> I, <a scene>. only, <laughs> I only have one tie here.
1: I think you only oh, have one tie. Oh, can I tell you?
2: I swear. I, yeah, and I didn't prepare appropriately. Let's Let face it. I didn't think that I would be sitting here.
1: 21, I'll get you five ties. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
4: What's on the horizon for financial markets?